Good morning. How are you? Ever, how are you all doing? Doing good. So good to see all of you this morning. Uh, new service time. You made it for the right service time. Half an hour earlier. Uh, I think there'll be some people that show up late. So uh, when they, whenever they come in in these next couple of moments, let's just welcome them, like with you know, with everything that's within us. Okay? Shall we do that? <laughs> just make them feel uncomfortable and stuff. You know. Not really. But uh, so good to see all of you. Uh, my name is Sebastian van Westen, lead pastor here at Thousand Hills. And um, I'm just excited about this morning, excited about the message uh, this morning. Um, and, you know, I, I believe that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many of you believe that with me? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And today's title of the message is Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healer. And if Jesus was a healer 2,000 years ago, I believe that he still is a healer today. And, and I believe that there, there, there will be a fuller manifestation of healing in the future. I'll, I'll talk to you about that in just a few moments. But I want to read with you from, um, actually from Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. Because that's kind of like the, the, the chapter that, um, that kind of triggered this whole series. And especially triggered this message. This is the last one in the whole um, um, Jesus is series. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We want to come to you, Lord, right now. And, and Lord, just open our, open our hearts to your word. Uh, Father, give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, Lord. Um, Father, we just want to listen and, 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 and just take heed to what you want to say to us this morning. Father, we pray that you would raise our faith level and uh, that, um, that you would uh, open our hearts for, for the healing that you have for each and every one of us, and that you would use us, Lord, and that we would obey and, and, and just also uh, let the healing that you have for us, um, Father, that we would also be able to tell others about it and, and see them get healed as well, Lord. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. So Exodus chapter 15, verse 26 says this, and this is God speaking to the Israelites right after they left um, Egypt, their slavery in Egypt. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, and give ear to his commandments and keep his, all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord, your healer. I'm the Lord, your healer. This is amazing. Two thousand years, thousands of years ago, that, G, that that God said this. Thousands of years before Jesus would walk this earth, that God already said it. I'm the I'm the Lord your healer. I'm the God your healer. And what He was back then, He still is today. You think about you know what what is said here that it's imp the importance of you know following the law, and this is something that that was very it's an important point in the book of Exodus. And actually, when you, when you read it, and you think about all that Jesus has done for us, you know, Jesus says that he fulfilled the law. He didn't take away the law, he fulfilled the law by dying on the cross for us. And because he died on the cross for us, because he fulfilled the law on our behalf, we're able to lay hold of this healing that God has for us today. Because no matter how you look at it, we will never be good enough to live up to the standard of the Old Testament law. Never. But Jesus is good enough. He, he kept the law on our behalf. 
He, he listened diligently to God's voice. He, he, did, he only did what was right in his eyes, and he kept all the laws and regulations that were there in the Old Testament. And because of his obedience, we can receive all the promises that God has for us, Old and New Testament. I love Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. I want to read those verses because they look forward Hundreds of years before Jesus walked this earth, they gave such a profound picture of who Jesus would be. And he says this, Isaiah, the prophet, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Listen to this. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, that brought us Shalom. And with his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. Jesus died on the cross. He suffered all this punishment on our behalf so we could receive all those promises, so we could lay a hold of all those promises. I love how the message version paraphrases it. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself that God was punishing him for his own failures, but it was our sins that did it to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole, that brought us peace. Through his bruises, we get healed. I am the Lord, your healer. That's what God says. He is the Lord, your healer. I love it when we look at the New Testament and you see the story, you know, the Gospels, basically, they're the story of Jesus' life here on earth. And I love how Matthew basically rephrases, paraphrases the prophecy in Isaiah and applies it to Jesus. He says this, when Jesus entered Peter's house. He saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and began to serve him. That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. You see here this amazing fulfillment of the Isaiah prophecy. How Jesus matches whatever Isaiah spoke about 100%. Jesus is the one who fulfills his Old Testament prophecy. Jesus is the Lord, your healer. And I have to think of that whole idea of, of wholeness, of peace. That Old Testament word, that, that Hebrew word shalom and the meaning of it. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon him. Healing is only one aspect of wholeness, of shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing, everything whole. When the kingdom of God invades the earth, shalom will invade the earth, will fill the earth. And physical and emotional healing are a living proof of that wholeness. 
wherever his kingdom is, wherever God is, wherever his presence is, that's where we can expect things like this to show up, healing, emotional and physical healing to show up. The problem is today that we still live in a broken world. That's the question. That, that's why so many people doubt, God, doubt God's words because they live in a world where there's still sickness and pain and all these other things, suffering, is still going on today. But there is a future waiting for us where there will be no more sickness, no more death, no more pain. And Revelation 12, chapter 21, verse 3 and 4 explains that. This is John, the writer of this, this revelation. He said this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they, shall be, they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. How many of you are excited that the former things will be passed away? How many of you are excited there will be a future for all of us who, who've chosen to make Jesus their Lord, their King, that, you will, that you will, there will be a future waiting for you with no more suffering, no more pain, no more death? How many of you are excited about it? Let's give the Lord a hand. We're all longing for a day when the kingdom of God will be fully manifested in this world. God himself will be with them as their God. Healing is found in only one place. And that is in the presence of Jesus. Healing is found in the presence of Jesus. And that's true for the new heavens and the new earth. It was true when Jesus walked around on this earth. And it's still true today that wherever Jesus is, wherever the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is, that's where God shows up in power. I just want to trace back to the early days of Jesus' ministry to figure out how he is the Lord your healer. This is Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says this, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus, at that moment, when he stood in the water, when the Holy Spirit came down upon him after his baptism, he was anointed for his assignment. His ministry, his position, his task flowed forth from his identity as the son of God. He was first the son of God. And, and when the Bible says that he's the son of God, he actually is God himself. He is God in the flesh. He's God walking around on this earth. Jesus is God. And then you would think that when something amazing like this happened, that happens that like the son of God enters into the world, that, that, that suddenly everything will be good again. But the worst thing happened ever that you could imagine. And he goes into the, de the, the, into the desert and is tempted by the devil. It's like you would expect, you know, there to be this amazing experience. Like all the angels sing. No, the opposite happened. He goes into the desert and is tempted by the devil. He then takes him to a high mountain, the Bible says. 
Well, you know a little bit of the geography of the Old Testament, of, 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 the, of the nation of Israel and the, the area there. Uh, there's not a whole lot of high mountains there. But there's one in the north of Israel, and it's called, called Mount Hermon. And Mount Hermon actually was, was a place where, where you could see all these kingdoms that were so important in these days. And, and, and the devil takes Jesus upon a high mountain, and I think it is that mountain, Mount Hermon. He says, well, if you bow down before me, I'll, get you, I'll give you all these mountains. I will give you all these kingdoms. They're yours. Just bow down and worship me, he said. But Jesus says, no, no, no. And the interesting thing here is that Jesus doesn't, um, like, deny that Jesus had authority over these kingdoms. It's like, if it wasn't true, if, if the devil was lying at that moment, Jesus would have said, no, 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 devil, you're, 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 you're a liar. This is not true. Those kingdoms are mine. He didn't say that. So apparently those, those, those kingdoms of the world, they were actually under the authority of the devil at that moment. And Jesus, so he doesn't deny it, but he does say this to, to the devil. He says this, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Jesus knew that there was a different way for him to grab a hold of the authority over those kingdoms again. Yes, it was God's plan that he would have authority over those kingdoms again. Jesus' bigger assignment wasn't to save souls nor heal people. As important as those things are in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus' bigger ministry was to reclaim all the nations of the world that have been dominated by evil spiritual powers ever since the people were dispersed over the whole earth at Babel. This is in the beginning of the book of Genesis, the first couple of chapters. And Jesus' assignment was to crush all the kingdoms that were dominated by those evil powers and to bring in, to usher in the kingdom of God, to usher in the kingdom of heaven, as the Bible also calls it. And the only way how he could do it was by going to the cross and die. By bearing the punishment for the rebellion of the whole world. By, be, by bearing your punishment. The punishment you were supposed to get. And taking it upon himself. That was the only way how Jesus could reclaim those kingdoms. Could reclaim those nations. So after the temptation in the desert. He goes out and he begins preaching the same message as John the Baptist. And many other Jewish Teachers in those days were preaching, and it was called the Teshuva, a message of repentance. Matthew 4, 17 says this, From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus' message was the kingdom of heaven, that it was coming, and that people needed to get their hearts right to be able to receive it. Like I said before, John the Baptist was preaching the same message. Many other um, teachers in those days were preaching the same message. The only difference was that Jesus himself was the kingdom of heaven. Jesus himself brought the kingdom of heaven on the earth. So his message will be more powerful than John the Baptist or of all those other teachers. Jesus' message was the gospel of the kingdom and the proof was in the pudding. Matthew 4, 23, a couple of verses further, says this, and he, Jesus, went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom 
and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout old Syria and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom of God. That's, that's the main message that he brought. And this demonstration of kingdom power, the fact that he was there and not only spoke those words, but he demonstrated those words by the power that, that was happening when Jesus was there, it, it, it drew people from the whole region, not just Israel, not just people who were part of the who were part of the Jewish nation. No, also people from Syria, from Decapolis. Those were, were areas where, where Gentile people were living. And they were drawn to the same Jesus. They wanted to be there. They wanted to see what was going on. They wanted to be healed of their own sicknesses. And after Jesus, after this phase in Jesus' ministry and seeing all these miracles take place, he, he goes up on a mountain and he preaches what we now know as the Sermon on the Mount, which is, which is all about what life in the kingdom of heaven, what life in the kingdom of God should be about, should look like. And what life in the church, in the ecclesia, the kingdom community as we have here, should look like. And, and I, I love how he says this in, in, the, in the Lord's Prayer, what we call the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prays that this earth that his kingdom will invade the earth. You know, even though we're, we're living in a, in a time where we're still waiting for the, for the full manifestation of the kingdom of God, we live in a season where, where his kingdom already wants to invade this earth, where miracles can already take place, where healings can take place, where other demonstrations of power can take place. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And after the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus goes on demonstrating the power of the kingdom, healings and deliverances from evil spirits. And basically what Jesus was saying to the devil was, devil, here's your eviction notice. Your time on the earth is, is pretty, pretty soon it will be up. You're going to be out, out of here. This is my territory. The kingdom of heaven will overtake the whole earth. In the book of Acts, you see that the disciples preached the same gospel of the kingdom and demonstrated again through healing and deliverance. You know what? And this is really my prayer for Thousand Hills, 20, 2019, 2020, is that there will be kingdom power manifested in our church. That people will see that Jesus still is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That healings will still take place like they did 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked on this earth. Nothing will draw the attention more from unbelievers, from people who are far away from God in a demonstration of the power of God. That's what we're believing for. That's what we're praying for. It is not about the healings. It's about the manifestation of God's presence. It's about the manifestation of, of the kingdom of God in our midst. But wouldn't it be awesome to see healings and deliverances, all these things take place in our midst? See, the power of God manifested in our world today, here in Hilverson, in Het Gooi, in this whole area. 
Our role as the ecclesia, as the church of Jesus Christ in the 21st century remains the same. It's the same as it was in the book of Acts. You may ask yourself, what if people don't get healed? I've heard that question so many times. What if people don't get healed? In fact, just a few weeks ago, one of our dear younger people here at Thousand Hills passed away due to the effects of cancer. 36 years old. And I can tell you this, this guy believed for healing. And I believe for healing for him. And there's many around him that believe for healing. Still, he passed away. I believe it all goes back to the same thing that I said earlier, is that we live in a broken world. Yes, we can experience a little bit of the kingdom of heaven manifested here in this world, but we're still living in a broken world. We're still waiting for that full manifestation of the kingdom of God that the book of Revelation speaks about. And yes, this guy, he now stands healed before, the, before Jesus. So if you put your trust in Jesus, you know that you will be healed, even though maybe in, in this world you, you, you fall sick and you die because of the sickness, you know that one day you'll stand before Jesus healed. That's an amazing promise. We're longing to see God move in power more than ever before in our midst. We're living in something that theologians call already but not yet. What we experience now is only a first installment of what is to come. Yes, we still see sickness and pain and death around us, but at the same time, we may exercise our faith that God still heals today as he did in Jesus' day. And you know what? If, if somebody's still alive here, even though the doctors have given up hope for that one person, we keep praying and praying and praying that God will bring healing to that person because that's what he calls us to do. And you know what? The, the same spirit that anointed Jesus when he was there in the water in the Jordan River to get baptized, the same spirit that anointed him anoints us for the same ministry today. As Jesus is, so we are to be in this world. The Bible says. You know, even in Jesus' day, there were people that remained sick. Even in Jesus' day, those people that he rose, that, that he, that he, that he um, like, like Lazarus, he rose from the dead because Jesus broke in and Jesus, you know, called him forth from the grave. But what do you think about um, Lazarus? He even died eventually. There's other people who got healed by Jesus and later on they died because we're st even in Jesus' day, we're, we still, he still lived in a broken world. But there is healing available. So if you want to be used by the Lord, by bringing healing to other people, I, I believe the main thing that we need to know is that, we, that the key is being in the presence of Jesus and serving other people from his presence. Again, Revelation 21, verse 3 and 4. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Don't you just love that? That 
in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus, there is healing. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So when, when you and I, when we, when we gather together, when we, when we ask the Lord something in his name, you know, the Bible speaks about the fact that, that you and I were called temples of the Holy Spirit. We are, we are holy guns, we're sacred space. That's a term that you hear me use from time to time. But when we gather together as, as individual believers and ask the Lord to do something, ask, ask the Lord for maybe healing for another person, you know, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. It becomes like a place where God can move, a place where God can bring healing, a place where God can break through. That's awesome for us to realize that when we pray, that when we gather together like that, that he's there in the midst of us. That's exactly how I want to set up prayer time today. I firmly believe that God wants to do something today in our midst. He wants to reveal his power in our midst this morning. How many of you believe that with me, that he wants to reveal his power this morning? Jesus is here. The only thing he's asking from you and me is to gather in his name, not in my name, not in the name of Thousand Hills, not in the name of, of Vince, as handsome as he is, not in the name of anyone else, but in the name of Jesus. Because in his name, there's healing. In his name, there is Deliverance In his name, there is breakthrough. I just sense such a sweet presence of the Lord in this place right now. I know that Jesus is here and where he is, miracles can happen. Where he is, breakthrough can take place. I had to think of James chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. and it Basically explains how healing takes place in the context of the local church. And James asked this question, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, leaders of the church, you know, whether you call them elders or leaders or, or deacons or any other leader. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil. Again, oil is nothing magic in it, has nothing magical in it, but it's a, it's a demonstration of our faith, our belief in him that that we believe he could still do this today. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, not in our own name, but in his name. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I believe my, my altar call for, for you this morning is dual. On one hand, it's maybe you're sick. Maybe you have a physical ailment. I believe God wants to heal you. But if there's any other things that are happening in your life, maybe sins, maybe secret sins, maybe somebody doesn't even know about it. God, you know, the physical healing is important, but 
emotional and healing of our soul is even more important than that. And God wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. He wants to do something new in you. I believe that that's what the Lord wants to manifest this morning here in our midst. I am the Lord, your healer. That's what Jesus is saying to you this morning. I'm the Lord, your healer. And where Jesus is, and he's here, the kingdom is there. Where the Holy Spirit is, the spirit of Jesus is, the kingdom is there. And wherever the kingdom is, God's presence is there. And in God's presence, anything can happen. Anything. There's nothing too big for God to not be able to do that. He's able. God is able. He is able. And where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. There God wants to fulfill those prayers. There he wants to answer those prayers. See miracles take place in our midst. And we want to stand with you this morning. We want to anoint you with oil. We want to believe with you that God is able and wants to heal you and will heal you. Because Jesus is the Lord, your healer. He is here. I believe that you and I were were called to touch the hem of his garment. I just have to think of that story. It's actually in the the book of Matthew in in chapter 9. This is one lady and she had an issue of blood. And the fact that she had this issue of blood made her unclean. She was not supposed to be around other people. But there she heard about this one man. This, he could be the Messiah, she thought. He could, but at least he, she knew that he was a healer. So she went out, decided to go out. There's crowds, thousands of people surrounding this, this Jesus figure. And she's not even supposed to go near to other people, but she, she thinks like, well, I don't care anymore. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. So she just pushes her way through the crowd. Have you ever tried to do that at at a concert? It's difficult. She does it anyway. She goes all the way to Jesus and and she touches the hem of his garment. And instantly she's healed. What I love about the story is that Jesus then turns around and asks the question, who touched me? Who touched me? The disciples are like, well, there's hundreds of people right there. Could be anyone. No, 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 no. There's just one person, this one person who, because I felt like there was healing power that, that went out from me. And, she see, and then he sees this woman, this lady, that was not supposed to be there because she was unclean. And he says to her, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that, that are. I love the fact that the New Testament brings this word whole back here. It doesn't say she was healed. Yes, she was healed, but being healed is part of something that's way bigger than that. It's, it's part of wholeness. It's part of shalom. It's part of, you know, having, having this situation, this state before God where nothing is broken, nothing is missing, everything is whole. And that is what this woman experienced. That is what God wants you to experience. That's what God wants me to experience in my life. This wholeness, this shalom to come over your life, to manifest itself in physical healing, emotional healing, healing of your soul. Those burdens that you've been carrying along with you, that you could just leave them at the cross, leave them at the altar, and walk away free, walk away healed. 
That's what God wants to do this morning. That's what Jesus wants to do this morning. Where he is, miracles will happen. And he is here in this place. Jesus is here in this place. So I want to invite you all to stand with me in the presence of God right now. We're going to sing a song. I want to ask the band to come up. And it's an old song. If you're, if you're old like me, you'll know this song. It's called, I am the Lord, your healer. And as we're going to sing that song, I want you to focus your eyes on Jesus and think about broken parts in your, your life. Maybe a sickness, maybe a sin that you're struggling with, maybe, you know, a hurt that you're carrying along with you. And just bring him to Jesus. Touch the hem of his garment. Find wholeness just like this woman with the issue of blood. I'm the God that healeth thee. I'm the, God, the Lord your healer. God is the Lord your healer. He wants to heal you. So we're going to pray and then we're going to sing the, the chorus one or two times. And after that, I want to invite you to come to the altar. And you know, you know what? Our deacons, our interim deacons and our prayer team, they're prayed up. They're ready to believe with you. They got anointing already. And I know that there's going to be healing that will take place. Not because of them, not in their name, but in Jesus' name. He's the one who brings healing. And I know that there's going to be amazing testimonies here in this place. So let's pray right now. Father, we come to you right now. Lord, we want to touch the hem of, of the garment of your son, Jesus, son of God. Lord, there's people with hurt in this room. There's people who've been battling sickness for a long time. There's people who've been struggling in other areas of their lives, Lord. And Lord, you so want to bring wholeness and shalom to them and to this whole congregation. And God, in these next couple of moments or so, I just pray, Lord, that your healing power will be released. That the sick will be healed. That those who are broken will be restored. That those who are bound will be set free. Thank you, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, all these things will take place. All these things will happen. That in the name of Jesus, there's healing. In the name of Jesus, there's restoration. In the name of Jesus, there's freedom. And God, would you show it? Would you reveal it, Lord, this morning? Would you demonstrate your kingdom power in our midst in these, couple of, in these next couple of moments, Lord? In Jesus' name. So let's sing this song. I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Thank you.